Welcome to the Be Chic University podcast. I am your host, Brittany Ball. Be Chic is a self-help resource for young adults where I discuss all things organization and productivity, career success, financial management, and entrepreneurship. Check out more on all of these topics on my blog, bechicu.org. In this episode, we are talking about getting into real estate and my experience as a newbie. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Be Chic University podcast. I hope you caught my bonus episode on Saturday, which was about planning for a wedding in a crisis. Now, I know most of my listeners are not planning for a wedding right now, but many people are. And so I thought that I'd share some of my own experience because me and my husband did have our own crisis that we had to overcome in order to make it to our wedding day. And so I thought it'd be befitting to share that information at this time while we are all going through the pandemic. Now, today's episode is shifting focus to career and specifically a real estate career. I feel like I've had so many episodes that have focused a lot on adjusting and getting used to the life in quarantine. And so I wanted to move our focus to something different. As you all have heard in previous episodes, I am pursuing my real estate sales license in Texas. And I'd like to share some of my experience and a little bit of advice with you all who may be interested in starting a career in real estate. If you are not interested in starting a career in real estate, this episode is still applicable to you. And the reason is, is because you can still get into real estate without it being your career, whether that is buying property to live in, to rent out, or to flip. Real estate is a great opportunity to find investments in your future with property. Property is some of the best investment that you can make, especially with the unpredictability of the stock market. This is another area of future income and current income that you can rely on on top of your current job. So we are following our new format with our various segments of the podcast, although we will be focused on this topic So just to give you some disclaimers before we jump in, I have to tell you that I am still studying for my real estate license. So the official term is pre-licensing. I'm still in my pre-licensing education phase for my real estate sales agent license in Texas. So do not take anything that I share today as word from a veteran who has been in the industry for years and years because that is not the case. Also, I am not a realtor, nor do I claim to be a realtor. Realtors are people who are licensed and they pay dues to the National Association of Realtors, which I'm not at that state yet. So if you reference this episode or if you recall this episode, just remember that I am not speaking from a place of a realtor, just as someone who's going through the education process who wants to share my experience with you. 
But I am speaking from a little bit of experience. I was a leasing agent in the state of Illinois for a few months before I left my property management career. So I did go through the appropriate education to get my leasing license in Illinois. And I do at least have experience in Texas as far as understanding the application process and the pre-licensing education process. So if there's any questions in that area, I am experienced in that because I'm going through that at this moment. And then also I have just a tiny bit of experience with real estate in Wisconsin because I did a lot of my research starting in Wisconsin looking at careers in real estate. So I'm still learning and I will have many episodes to follow discussing more about my real estate career once I am licensed, but I thought I'd give you those disclaimers first. So before we head over to the calf and kick it in the calf, I have to give you a few prerequisite points before we dive into our topic. And this is just a background of my career in real estate. So in 2016, I was working for a nonprofit part-time while I was in grad school in Chicago, but I ended up leaving that job because it did not work well with my school schedule. And I was lucky enough to work with my apartment complex where I stayed at. This was a great arrangement because I got a discount on my rent and they paid for my training. And so that's what opened me up to the world of real estate, but particularly property management. I worked for a property management company that managed the building that I stayed in that was owned by local owners in the Chicago area. So because of that experience, I was able to dabble into the industry of real estate. And I realized that I fell in love with real estate in the possibility of getting my sales license or even becoming a broker and selling homes. So although I was just in a place of leasing apartments, it is very similar in the sense that I was selling the idea of living there to a prospect and I did earn a commission on any leases that I was able to close. So that was a lot of fun. And as I mentioned, the discount was great, especially for a college student. I ended up leaving that job a little under a year into it because it was not a long-term plan for me when I went into it. And so when I graduated with my master's in arts management, I found a job with a music company, which was more aligned with my degree. Because of that, I had to leave the real estate realm, but that was because I was pursuing a career in another area that was focused on what I had been studying for the last six years at minimum. So I did not do anything with my license at that point, and my license went inactive and eventually expired for Illinois after that. But my desire to be in real estate did not stop there. When my husband and I started to plan to move to Texas, I thought that this was the perfect opportunity to shift my career to real estate. So once we moved here, I could start up my career in real estate. And I talk more about moving to Texas in season two, episode four, and it's called Moving Cross Country. And I give advice on things to consider if you are potentially moving for a job or you just decide that you want to move to a new state, but there are different factors to take into account. I go into detail about those things and 
how you can determine if that move is right for you. For me, one of the things that I had to focus on was the career opportunity to switch back to real estate. So at that time, I reached out to a few people, got their advice, found an education program to start my pre-licensing education for Texas, and I dove right in. Unfortunately, I was not able to complete my education and start my career within an adequate amount of time. So I ended up starting at a nonprofit in Texas, working there full time. So still, I was not pursuing my real estate career, but I was still working in the pseudo arts marketing position that I had always been working in prior. But still, my love for real estate never diminished. And so now I am still working full time for another company. However, it is not in real estate either. It is in marketing and it somewhat relies on my degree work. So I am very happy where I am. But I decided that I still wanted to pursue my real estate license because this is a great second stream of income that isn't just a couple hundred here, a couple hundred there when I work really hard in specific areas. But it's actually an opportunity to earn thousands of dollars or more if you put in the work the few months leading up to that. So I have been working on my education in getting my license to be a real estate sales agent in Texas in tandem with my full-time career. And once I'm done with that education, I will be doing real estate on a part-time basis. So that is the end of the prerequisite section. It was really long, but I thought I'd paint the picture and give you the framework of my experience before I delve into giving some advice. So headed into kicking it in the calf, I thought I'd just put this in a casual framework for you to understand why this is something that you can consider as well. It seems like these days everyone needs a side hustle. In the economy that we live in, it's most easy to live comfortable when you have your main career, but then also a passion project that you can monetize. And for me, real estate is one of those things. This podcast and my blog is as well, but I cannot monetize it as I can real estate, and I have a passion for both. So I think it's something that is very feasible to consider no matter what job you have, as long as you understand the balance in the time and effort required for both of your jobs. Also, off the record, I started to look into moving to real estate when I was still in Wisconsin full time. So once I finished my education and saved up enough to jumpstart that career, I was strongly considering making that jump. So this is something that you can do as well. It doesn't have to be part time. It can be full time if you get yourself to that point in which you can transition to full time. And then also, just keep in mind that getting the license is the easy part, okay? Doing the actual work and prospecting, getting those clients, finding the right place for them or finding the right buyer for them, and then getting through all of the paperwork and such is the hard part, but it is the most rewarding part. So no matter if you're doing this part-time or full-time, you want to learn to perfect your craft 
And that's where the magic happens once you jump into the work. But obviously, it's going to be harder than just learning about the industry. So that's my little soapbox spiel that I'm going to give you before we jump into this advice. The next segment of our podcast is Sally Mae. And we know we're not friends with her, but there is always going to be that financial obligation hanging over your head when it comes to anything you want to pursue. And that's what Sally Mae represents in our podcast. Not just the student loans that we still have from college, but any financial obligations that might hold us back from meeting our potential. So I'm going to talk to you about a career or side hustle in real estate as it relates to the financial obligations. Firstly, you need to have your financials right for a career in real estate, no matter what level it is, because it is a whole aspect in itself. Jumpstarting your career in real estate takes a good six months to a year. And so if you were to do that full time, you will want to make sure that you have all your financials in order to take care of your bills for six months to a year. So add another six months to a year to that just to save up to be comfortable at that place. So that's why it's so important to have that in order before you jump into real estate full time. But obviously there's going to be other fees to consider just to get your license. Some of those include the education fees. You can do in-person or online courses. I love an online course because it's self-paced and I can take the test where I want. The benefit of an online course at this particular time is that there is no lapse in my education during the quarantine or in my testing. The only testing affected is the in-person test at the end of my courses when I'm actually going for my license. And I don't have to worry about that yet. But the education fee is important because it varies and it is the very first step that you take in even applying to get your license because you need to have proof of your education and that you passed your test before you get your license and test for the license. The pricing can range. The first course that I was recommended was only $250 with a discount, but that education program did not work for me. So I found another one and with the discount with them, my total was 363. So it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't terribly expensive either. And I will link that in the show notes as well if you're interested in looking in that program because it is a great program. It's called the CE Shop. And I'll have information on that in the show notes. Also, you have to consider the application and licensure testing fees. Not only will you have to pay to even get your license, you also have to pay to actually take your test. There's also fees that you pay to your broker who you're affiliated with. So all sales agents, probably in most states, have to be affiliated with a broker. And that's essentially your mentor. But they're also responsible for any actions that you take as it relates to the laws concerning real estate and licensed agents in real estate. So there's typically a fee that you pay to your broker in order to use their resources at their company, like a realty firm or a brokerage firm. And that's another fee that you worry about after you pass your test. And then lastly, there are also dues that you pay. 
So the National Association of Realtors that I mentioned earlier is the organization that you pay dues to in order to be called a realtor. Not only do they have national dues, but they also have state and local dues that you pay. And affiliation with all of these organizations do come along with benefits, not just the headache of someone else to pay. You'll have access to an exclusive database where you can find homes that are available to sell to your potential buyer, or that's where you'll list homes for your um, client who is selling their home. And this is an area that only other realtors can see. So that is a benefit for realtors as opposed to being just a random person who's looking for a home on, let's say, Zillow. Not everything is going to be posted on Zillow, but everything is posted on the other database called an MLS. So you get access to that by paying your dues to the National Association of Realtors and all of the local affiliations that you would pay dues to as well. Lots of financial commitments when it comes to staying afloat, when you're getting your business off the ground, and when you are actually starting out just getting your license. So startup fees can be tricky because they may not be upfront, but they all add up within your first couple of months. And as I mentioned before, your actual income may take months to come to fruition. So you really want to have an airtight plan on how you're going to pay all of your bills and stay afloat while you're transitioning full time, even part time, because there are a lot of financial obligations associated with the real estate before you even earn any money. For example, paying for your own gas to look at homes with your buyer or paying to have giveaways and printouts of your business cards or flyers of the house at the open houses that you might be holding for your seller clients. So it's a lot of expenses to keep in mind. What I would recommend is about a two to $3,000 cushion just for your education, startup fees and dues, and first couple of months of just getting marketing collateral and stuff. And that is on the low end just to be safe. But to actually have enough money as a buffer as you are starting, let's say, full time, you will want six to 12 months of monthly expenses set aside. And also do not forget, as a sales agent or a broker, you are an independent contractor. So you also have to worry about paying for your own insurance. And that can get sticky if you don't have a significant other who you don't have the option to be under their insurance. But as I said, this is all if you are full-time. If you're part-time, there's a little bit more flexibility, but you have to be diligent about staying on top of your work in order for it to pay off. So those are all the financial parts. Are you running away yet or are you still with me? Next, we'll go into our segment called Dean's List. Although we're not reaching for those 
A's and B's, we are reaching to have the best career possible. And today we're talking about a career in real estate, whether it's part-time or full-time. And so when looking at real estate and trying to be the best you can, obviously that starts off with the education. For example, in Texas, the education is 180 hours. That is a lot. And as I mentioned, I use the CE shop to get my courses completed. And honestly, they make it so easy. So make sure that you invest in a program that makes it easy for you to learn, especially if you're not in person. And know how you learn best because that's how you're going to get through the courses and really know what you're doing and only need to take your test one time. What I love about the CE shop is that I am able to pin or bookmark the resources that I want to come back to and study. I can use my mobile device to study and I won't have to just sit at a desk in front of a computer all the time. And they switch up the way that they present the information. So you might be reading a narrative or a conversation or watching a video or doing flashcards. They really keep it diverse to keep you focused. And they also check in with your progress in each lesson by asking questions along the way. So that's super helpful. I highly recommend it. They're in most states and you get five days to try the courses out before you actually purchase it. And all the progress that you made in those five days are is saved and put into your actual course once you purchase for it so you can continue where you left off during your trial. But another way to really make sure that you're successful in your time of education and beyond is to find a mentor, preferably someone who is a broker who will be comfortable with being your sponsoring broker when the time comes to get your license. This person can answer all your questions as you get to learn the industry, but also be your guide throughout your first year or so in real estate. Most new agents work very closely with their sponsoring broker before they branch off on their own within their first year or two. So you want to have someone who you know and trust very early to save time and headache, okay? And then the last thing for this segment, I would say is to just think about ways to win over your network and to really build your pipeline of customers. We all know people who are interested in purchasing a home, maybe even leasing an apartment who we can help. But you have to have certain marketing tactics in order to convince them as to why you're the best person to work with to help them find a home or sell their home or find an apartment. So think of marketing outside of the box, not just handing out business cards or flyers, but maybe hosting a workshop or having very engaging social media posts. But there are tons of articles out there that relate to this. And honestly, these are steps down the line, but it's one of my favorite aspects of real estate. It's because you can really market to people in all kinds of ways to get new clients. And once you get that ball rolling, a lot of your clients will come to you as referrals because you did so well with previous clients. So that is just the tip of the iceberg on a career in real estate. 
as I mentioned, it is possible to do this full-time and part-time, but my goal is to jump right in part-time as I continue to sell along in my full-time job with another company that I do not plan on leaving anytime soon. So this will just be adding on to my income that I currently have with another company. And I'm not gonna leave you without extra credit. I do have some resources that will be linked in the show notes to a few articles that give you ideas about marketing or just more information about pursuing your real estate sales license. I will have a link to the CE shop, which is where I get my pre-licensing education. And then also a great article about Pinterest marketing for real estate agents. Pinterest is a wonderful untapped market for real estate marketing. So if you are interested in doing something different and really bringing in clients from all over, this is a great area to explore. And there's also um, a term called real estate farming, which is scoping out the area in which you want to be an expert, the neighborhood in which you want to be an expert to help people find homes or sell their homes. And so there's an article I will have linked about that. Also, the IRS in real estate giving some tax tips on how to handle your real estate business because as an independent contractor, real estate is handled very differently from other jobs. And then an article about your successful first year in real estate, advice on how to be successful. So hopefully these links are helpful. And I just hope that what you can take away from this podcast is that building another stream of revenue for yourself can be very beneficial, but it does take some investment. So with determination and savings, you can definitely branch off into a career in real estate and be successful and bring in more money for you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Definitely check out the show notes on my website, bchicu.org, under podcast blog posts. And you can listen to the episode again there and take a look at the links that I provided for today's content. 